Appointment Ministries Podcast Network. Strength for today's pastor. Hello and welcome to today's episode of Strength for Today's Pastor, a resource designed to strengthen you, the senior or lead pastor of your church. Here's your host, Bill Holdridge. Bill is the director of Poiman Ministries, which is a team of former longtime senior pastors who are available to strengthen pastors, to strengthen churches. Welcome to today's program, Strength for Today's Pastors. And we are looking forward so much to having Pastor Bob Claycamp with us today. The subject of our podcast discussion will be how to identify future leaders. Pastor Bob served as the senior pastor, the founding pastor of Calvary Chapel North Phoenix for 29 years, and in 2010, joined our team of Poiman Ministries pastors and has been serving with us since then. And in 2013, he and his wife Jeannie moved to the United Kingdom and has been serving there since 2013, helping churches to be planted, strengthening pastors to strengthen churches and even pastoring a fellowship of his own in Exeter, England. And so we are just really excited to hear what Bob has to say. He has a reputation among those that have known his ministry of being a really effective developer of leaders, someone who leaders are being raised up under and has discipled them, and so he's a guy that really is qualified by the Holy Spirit to speak on this particular subject. And so I want to just welcome you, Bob, to the show today, and thanks for joining us. No, it's great. It's great to join you, and, and it's going to be good to see you know what the Lord has for us today in this podcast. Right. And you break a record because you are the longest distance phone call that we will have had so far in our <laughs> podcast interviews. So, so that's great. Okay. All the way from Exeter, England. Uh, to Boise, Idaho. So we want to just dive right into this. And I think one of the big questions everybody understands as pastors, the need for developing leaders, unless they want to do all the ministry themselves, which is counterproductive, not really consistent with the calling of a pastor teacher to do all the ministry themselves. We're supposed to be equippers of the saints for the work of ministry. So everybody basically understands, I need to develop leaders. But then the problem has to do with the fears that a lot of men have in developing leaders. What if I pick wrong? What if I select the wrong guy? What if this thing goes south? What if this guy wants to rise up and start a revolt or split the church or whatever else you know problem might happen? So identifying future leaders is a huge, huge question, isn't it? Yes, yes, it is. And, you know, I think that you have to work with who you who you have in your church. Sometimes your church is small, sometimes it's medium-sized, but still, where do you start? And the answer is you start with what's in front of you, and you take a look at those that have a heart for the fellowship, those that enjoy being a part of the gatherings, those that are at the prayer meetings that are set up, those that seem to have a servant's heart just to keep it simple, and to love the people that are there. I'm so glad that you said that, because we tend to think of future leader as somebody that's already polished. He's already got all the skill set. He's already got the experience. He's ready to just 
slide into this role and go for it. But that may not be the case. We may be looking at guys that have lots of potential. We may be like uh, Jesse looking at his sons or Samuel looking at the sons of Jesse, right? And, yeah, and, yeah. and noticing that, you know, there's somebody that we haven't even thought about here. So I, I love what you said. You said, take a look at the people that are in your church. So it, it starts there, doesn't it? It starts by taking a look at the people that are in your church. It, it starts there, absolutely. And sometimes you're looking for product and what you get is a project. When you're looking at the men and women in your fellowship, sometimes you take a look at natural leadership qualities and it gives you the idea that, well, gee, that might be a real good person to be a future leader. But there are so many things that you need to consider beyond just seemingly natural leadership qualities. Uh, it's important to see if there's um, a spiritual um, desire and maturity going on in the person to have someone come to you and say, I want to be an elder because I'm involved with all of these community activities and I run them and I have all these talents. Anytime they put forth their credentials like that, it almost makes me put my heels in and hold off because it almost seems like they're relying upon all of these natural abilities and forgetting some of the realities of spiritual leadership, which are which can be quite different. So you're talking about really looking at the man, who he is on the inside, what his character is. Yes. And that's important. That That's more important to me than all the talents and skills that they bring. Sometimes the way ministry goes, you get challenged and the Lord is trying to work in, in that leader's heart to bring about a brokenness because he relies too much upon the natural abilities instead of uh, the abilities that the Holy Spirit brings so that God can get the glory in the whole thing. Yeah, boy, absolutely. Um, Paul said, not that we are sufficient in ourselves to consider anything as coming from ourselves, but our sufficiency is from God who made us sufficient as ministers of the new covenant. Boy, that's that's those are timely words. So talk about some of those characteristic things that you look for. You're looking at a at the character of the man. You're looking at who he is on the inside. You're not necessarily looking at his gifting or his already in place skills. So what are some of the things you look for? You mentioned his, his prayer life. Yeah, his, his prayer life. Um, is he regularly in the word? Is he involved with the church gatherings? How does he interact with the other church members? Do they have a, a common sense approach to practical challenges that face the things going on in the church? Uh, what's their attitude when they're serving or when somebody drops their responsibility and it falls back upon them? How, how do they deal with that? Um, are they financially invested in the church? I mean, do they even care <laughs> about what's going on with the church? Um, in their private life, are they overextended financially? I mean, you know, you, you want to take the time to look at so many different things. And that's why it's important not to rush in and appoint somebody as a leader until you've had some time to see them 
in the trenches and to see how they respond to things. Yeah, and you could add, couldn't you, the the whole idea of what's their marriage like? What's their family like? Yes, yes. And also, you know, how does the wife, if the, if the man is married, how does the wife interact with the ladies in the church or especially your wife? If, you know, if you're a pastor and you're married, how does their wife interact with your your wife? Is there a fighting for control kind of a thing that you sense? Um, is there a, a humble spirit to just, hey, I just want to serve, you know, positions aren't important to me. You know, those things are really important. A guy might be super qualified to be a leader, but if the wife isn't on board and she's just kind of an independent, I do my own thing, that's his thing, that's a concern to me. I can see why that would be a concern. We're not saying that the wife of the elder needs to be a women's minister herself, but she needs to really be invested in her husband and in his ministry and what what he's called to do. Yeah, that's right. And, you know, you're going to be spending a lot of time with this potential leader in this development. The discipleship takes time in these ways. And if there's going to be a bit of a resentment saying, you know, I don't see you enough and, you know, you're always at the church and why, why are you doing this? And if there's some kind of pushback, then, you know, that's, that's a flag to me that needs to be addressed. I was in a church once where I had to do a transition and I had to do it quickly. I had to raise up a new group of leaders. I didn't have time to disciple anybody. But it was interesting because the way we landed on a new set of leaders is really consistent with what you're saying here, Bob. What we did is we started. A- I started asking people in the church, who are the men that you recognize as being godly men in the church, men that you would go to for help or for counsel if you needed it, men that you know are in the Bible, that have good family lives, whose wives are supportive. And I kept getting the same listing of five, six men. So I went to them, yeah, interviewed yeah. them, and made them the leaders, and they're still serving in the church. It was amazing, yeah. but it was, it was character-based. It wasn't gifting-based. Yes, and I think that's that's important. You're going to be, in working with a uh, um, um, potential leader, you're going to be making yourself somewhat vulnerable. And just having that person who has a gracious heart, deals with people graciously and lovingly, is also going to be how, you know, they're going to be helpful for you. And you can be accountable to them and, and you can be more more and more vulnerable and honest with them in your own life and go to them for, for help. I mean, a, a leader, raising up a leader is not just somebody to take on a role, but it's also someone that is part of your team as you're leading the church. They're going to be sharing with you in your vision of how God has called you to pastor that church. Right. Yeah. And some fellas just aren't going to be good with it because they have their own agenda or they have their own preferences and they're so strong that there's always pushback. And when there's so much pushback, then you have to step back rather than attacking them. You step back and say, well, you know, maybe they're just not called to the same vision that's on my heart in leading this particular congregation. Yeah. Well, that leads me to another question, Bob. We we know that a man who's going to be in leadership has to be a man that is 
able to be led by others, right? Because we don't have authority unless we understand what it means to be under authority. But what about the area yeah. of being teachable? I mean, a man has to be teachable, right? Yes. Yeah. He has to not just shake his head and agree with what you're saying, but it, there has to be some kind of uh, digestion of what you're saying and having it be put into his life. I mean, there's a famous acronym, FAT, Faithful, Available, Teachable. And sometimes they do everything faithfully, they're available, but they're not teachable. And that just brings such frustration as time goes on. Well, what if they are teachable? What if they listen to lots of podcasts like this one or lots of Bible studies from a lot of online resources, but you just kind of get a sense that while they're sitting in the congregation or while they're listening to you as the senior pastor teach, they're really not into it. What do you do in a situation like that? Is it important that they be teachable by you? Well, I think there needs to be a respect and an honor for uh, the position as well as understanding your heart. If, if for some reason they're not catching your heart and why you do what you do, then there's going to be problems later on. And you kind of have to hold back from granting any kind of strong position um, with the fellowship. And, you know, I've had this over the years with certain fellows and, you know, and they say, well, how come you haven't done this? How come you haven't acknowledged me as one of the elders? How come you haven't done this? And and I say, well, you know, I just, right now, I, I just not sure if we're really on the same page with the vision that that we have. And that would be fair enough. I mean, it would be honest of that man to admit that he isn't on the same page and either get on the same page or else find something else to do in ministry. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, the idea is to find out where they're supposed to be in, in what what leadership capacity. Maybe they really aren't called to be an elder, but their real gifting and their real desire is just to serve in a simple way. And, you know, maybe they're more like a deacon and uh, or, or maybe they're more like an evangelist or something. And they just need to be redirected to be put into those situations where they can flourish. Because that's that's your whole goal as a pastor is to how can I help you find what God's called you to do and do it well to his glory? That's a great approach to leadership, Bob. Can you repeat that? That's just, that's golden right there. Well, I think your calling as a pastor is to find out the giftings and where that brother or that sister can really flourish, what area, rather than trying to fit them into, well, this is a need, you just have to fill it. What, what's going on in their life? What, where would they have, bear the most fruit unto the Lord to his glory? So rather than making that person fit into your program, we're actually wanting to help that person find out what the Lord's program is for them. Yeah, and that's I think that's important because when the when the people see that that's your heart, all of a sudden there's no battle. Um, they they get the idea that you know you're just trying to help them find their fullest potential in serving the Lord with with who they are and there's a new openness there's a new vulnerability on their part to to be more teachable actually yeah that makes a lot of sense so 
You mentioned earlier the idea of your team. I mean, you're eventually going to be identifying leaders. The Holy Spirit's going to help the senior pastor identify leaders that can work with him. And you've created a team now, a team of like, like-minded men. How important is it for the, the senior pastor and the members of his team to like each other? Well, I think you need to have diversity on the team. And, you know, you have some that are very conservative. They're conservative with numbers. They're conservative in their life. And I I think those are important to be on a team. But there's got to be grace in the whole thing. There, There has to be this willingness to say, I want to learn what the right balance is on being conservative and yet taking steps of faith. Because every time you take a step of faith, it involves risk. And guys that are more conservative and careful with numbers and kind of bean counters don't like to take risks as a rule. And the very nature of the ministry involves operating your ministry in faith. And it's not merely a business, it's a ministry. And so, you know, that's part of the discipleship that has to go on. And yet, and so your team should be made up of diverse personalities, I think. And you can kind of bounce things off of each other and look at things in different ways. Right. I have a friend who's a senior pastor who told me one time that he'd been butting heads with his leadership over various things for a long time. And he finally came to the conclusion that, you know, I need to have guys around me that don't have to think just like I do. I want people that are diverse, like you're saying. But I also discovered that for me, he said, I need to really like them and they need to like me. <laughs> so I don't know. Yeah. I mean, yeah, that's true. I mean, yeah, we have to be able to tolerate each other's presence, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, you know, that's, um, it's not a, there's a difference between biblical loyalty and blind loyalty. And you don't want to just have leaders or elders that are that have blind loyalty that will just say yes on everything you say because after all you're the leader. Biblical loyalty is something where you are looking to the word to set your boundaries and things that are uh, there's a witness of the Holy Spirit that just is kind of funny. Something's not right about it. You know, I want guys to say, you know, I just have a check in my spirit about this and I don't know why. So then we can all go back to prayer and say, well, let's let's go deeper with this and see if there's anything we're missing. That's team right there, right? That's yeah, waiting on yeah. the Lord. Yeah, that's good. Well, I had a feeling, Bob, when we started this discussion today that we weren't going to be able to finish. And I think there's a lot more material. So would you be willing to come back and do this again? Absolutely. Yeah, I'd be glad to. Okay, good. Well, let's continue this in another session. But for now, let's just say that we've, we're have we going to summarize by saying we've looked at the first level of identifying future le- leaders, which is looking not for gifting, but looking for character, looking within the fellowship. Don't be looking outside. God has brought those men in your church that can be leaders. That's why they're there. Identify who they are, learn them, and then work with what you've got and develop them and let the Lord be the one that calls them into whatever ministry area he is calling them to. That's, I guess, pretty much a summary of what we've talked about, wouldn't you think? 
Yeah, yeah, I would I would agree with that absolutely. Okay, good. Well, let's do it again uh, and make this another podcast uh, show for Strength for Today's Pastor. Thank you, Bob Claycamp, for joining us. And for those of you that have been listening, we're appreciating that you've tuned in to this, this podcast. Please pass the word. We'd love to have others joining in as well, because our mission is to strengthen pastors, to strengthen churches. And we hope that this has been a help and a reminder to you to strengthen you in your ministry. God bless you, and have a wonderful week of ministry in Jesus. Strength for Today's Pastor is sponsored by Poiman Ministries. You can find us at poimanministries.com. That's spelled P-O-I-M-E-N ministries.com. If something in today's program prompts a question or desire to connect with us, or if you have a comment or a topic idea for a future episode, just shoot us an email at strongerpastors at gmail.com. That's strongerpastors at gmail.com. Until we meet again, may you continue to be a strengthened pastor.